0: Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations, so be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hi, everybody. It's Monday, and I'm so excited, and I'm happy to be doing my podcast today with my guest, Mitchell Levy. He's the aha guy, and I want to welcome you to the show, Mitchell.
1: It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. So for those of you that are listening, just a little bit, Mitchell is the AHA guy, like I just said, and he's the CEO of AHA That. He is an accomplished entrepreneur. He's created twenty businesses in the Silicon Valley. He's a TEDx speaker. He's an international best selling author of many, many books. And I am lucky enough to have him join me today. And I also would like you to know that he um, is a thought leader, and we're going to be talking about what a thought leader is and also what it means to write a book. So those are our subjects for today, but I thought, Mitchell, before we just kind of jump into that, I always like to start my show with a little bit about who who are you, who is my guest, what what are you all about, Alfie? Uh, so, can you just share with us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, your family, things like that, so we can get to know you a little bit better?
1: Uh, sure, sure. I've lived in Silicon Valley now for 30 years. So, and have been part of a high tech space as a consultant, a board member, uh, currently been a publisher since 2005. And have watched the transformation of business, technology, and publishing. And I was before that. I was born on the East Coast, so mm-hmm. East Coast mentalities and thought process. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of it's 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 nice to have that and to have California weather, which is there's nothing nothing like it in the world. My my sister who who lives in New York uh, has heard. Uh, and my parents are in California as well. so the, it, she's heard about our weather forever, and she now has a fellowship at Stanford for a year and And after being out here for two weeks, she sort of said, "You know, it's sunny all the time <laughs> it's I don't understand <laughs> it, right? It's, I mean, so it's one thing to talk about it. it's another. actually live it. So we it, for those that live in California, it's one of the best places in the world uh, to live, and particularly for me as an entrepreneur. Being in Silicon Valley is one of the best places in the world to live. I've been married for 29 years, I have a son who's now 20. Uh, at the time he was two, we started the practice of taking uh, a holiday with friends and family to Europe for, for four weeks a year. So my son, when we asked him whether or not he was interested in doing the study abroad program because his roommate did that, he looked at us and said, I've been going to Europe since I was two. Why would I want to do a study abroad? I got that. Right. And we we couldn't disagree with him more. So. Oh, that's great. um, I think probably the, the other thing I'd think about or talk about is I did actually do a legacy piece, which recently, which was the Ted talk. So for those that want to see it, it's, you just Google Mitchell Levy Ted talk or go to YouTube and, and, and take a look at the either Mitchell Levy Ted talk or being seen and being heard as a thought leader. And the quintessential elements of of who I am went into that. So I'll tell you a little bit behind it. And that is, I think at the end of the day, we do business with those that we know, like, and trust. And I say those words slowly because we, you know, being known and being trusted is what my company does. Being liked, that's something you do, right? And how do you, right. how do you be liked and how do you, how do you be this type of person that people want to hang around or listen to or have a conversation with? And, you know, I mean, I guess people can go to coaches to help them on being liked school, but I, but I think whether or not you're an individual or whether or not you're a business in today's world, it's more important to be like, it's more important to do the types of things and have the types of values and structures and approach that resonates with your audience because if you don't, there's a competitor somewhere else in the world who does. And, and so yes. for me, part of being liked is caring. It's listening. So a big part of your show is listening to what people speak. Uh, part of being trusted is having authenticity and integrity and being vulnerable and, and having all those elements come, come to light. And, and I, I live those. So I, I, The person you see here, you hear here now is the same person that you see and hear if we're in a room, if it's one on one, or if I'm speaking in front of a group of people, or if I'm listening to a group of people, right? It's, or if I'm at family dinner, right? It's, it's, I I think we're, we're reaching the, the world where we could actually be ourselves and, and be the people we really want to be. And, and I think that's a, if you can actually wake up in the morning and you're the same person that you were when you went to bed and life is good, you know, because your food and shelter is taken care of and you're doing the types of things you want to do in life. Like, like you running this show, that's a beautiful thing. So that's who I am.
0: That you, you said that so eloquently and I would 100% agree with what you're saying. I, I feel that I do that as well. And that, I'm actually doing something that I authentically, truly love doing. And I look forward to my Mondays. I I know that I have shows booked all the way into the end of the year because I am so interested in knowing the facets of what make people tick and what makes things important to them. And while you and I had never spoken until just a few minutes ago, because we are on Facebook together and we do follow one another and we do like each other, and that in itself is an, is an interesting term, um, I think that, that that binds us together. And um, I'm really excited about this show because I know that you are authentic. So one of, one of the first questions i got to tell you that comes to my mind is that um, you have a brand. You are the aha guy, and people can say that in any any way they want to pronounce that aha. You know whatever, however you're going to say it. But I mean, I know how I would say it. I know how I would have heard it growing up. But what I'm curious to know is how did you decide to choose that as your brand?
1: So I'm trying to think about that question. So because I could give you the I could give you the four-minute story, or oh, I could give you the, <laughs> the little bit longer eight-minute story. Which would well, you give prefer? give me a
0: synopsis. I'll tell you why I oh, want the, the synopsis. Oh,
1: the 30-second story. I can do that. Okay. And
0: then we can come back. So, yeah. What's the 30-second one? All
1: right. So, 30-second thir- <laughs> story. I started using the brand Thought Leader Architect because in LinkedIn, it's easy to actually have uh, to be able to determine if you're the first in the world doing something. So I was the first thought leader architect in the world. That's going into companies, helping them understand what thought leadership to put in place. How should they put in a place a, a branded approach that, that they could take advantage of all their people doing their things? And over a couple-year period, the number of referrals I got, word-of-mouth referrals, was much smaller than I wanted. And so I was talking to one of my friends who happens to be pretty good at this, and I told him what was going on, and he goes, Mitchell, I don't know what a thought leader is, or it's certainly a thought leader architect, and I don't know how to refer a thought leader architect, but you know who you are to me? And I go, hmm, I don't know, you tell me. He goes, you're the aha guy. And I go, oh. <laughs> now, I wish I was smart enough to say uh, I mm-hmm. immediately took his feedback and said, yep, that's me. Um, it <laughs> took me somewhere between 6 and 12 months to actually let that sink in and probably a reinforcement that it, it turns out, so to, to, to summarize, it turns out that in today's world more so than anything else, there's so much information, there's so much content, there's so many people who could do your job or could help other people doing what you're doing. Word-of-mouth marketing, when you get somebody else's trust and they're saying, you should talk to this person because I trust them, is extremely important. And so if you can have a brand for yourself that makes it easy for somebody to recommend you, then that's really powerful. And I have to tell you, the aha guy is a much easier brand. You got to talk to Mitchell. He'll help you have an aha. It's a much easier brand than the thought leader architect.
0: That's that's. I, I love that story. I, I wasn't sure what it was going to be, but I anticipated that that was going to be something like that. And I think you're right. People are going to remember that your name is Mitchell Levy, but they're, they're also going to remember that, aha, because I don't know what happens to those of you that are listening, but when I hear the word, aha, I can tell you what I visualize, a light bulb. Like, oh, gosh, that's a good idea. Aha, that's, you know, and, and so it, 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 it links you, like you said, and I, I think it's brilliant. But I think that what would be really useful for us to, to talk about on this show today um, are some terms that you've used that for many of us may not be familiar terms. It's a, maybe a glossary of, of terminology that some of us may not be familiar with. And that is, let's start off with some definitions here. What is the definition of a thought leader? Because I honestly wouldn't be able to define that myself, but you can.
1: Um, I, thank you. Yes, I yes I can. And what I have to tell you, if you ask me that question a decade ago or before, it'd be different than the answer that I give you today. It's so morphed. To di- it's it's morphed like everything else in life. So. In the old days, in in the days of even ten or twenty years ago, our thought leaders actually before how about we say before the proliferation of the World Wide Web, not before the internet, but before the proliferation of the World Wide Web, our thought leaders were handed to us by the publishers, by the broadcast media, uh, by the recording studios. We were actually told who we were going to read, who we were going to see on the big screen or on TV. And who we were going to listen to in terms of music. Then this worldwide web came around and anyone who wants has a microphone. Anyone who wants has a camera. And all of a sudden, the the definition of thought leader has changed because you may not want to say the Cardassians are thought leaders, but you know what? They're thought leaders. They may not be the positive thoughts that everyone wants to echo, but they're thought leaders. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they have an audience and people pay attention to them. So, Thought leader in the past was somebody who they'd stand on top of the mountain and they'd say, Here are my thoughts, right? Here are my ten commandments, and then everyone beneath them, their flock, would say, Okay, you want me to jump? How high? Nowadays, a thought leader, and I like to use the word thought leader and recognize expert synonymously. The thought okay. leader is the person who you listen to who's your recognized expert. So when hmm. you're young, when you're a kid, who's your thought leader when you have a cold? It's either mom or dad, yeah. right? Because right. your world is so, is so much smaller. You're like, I got a problem, and mom, how can you help me? Or dad, how can you help me, right? So, And then as we get older and our world of, of people we know change, who do you talk to when you have an email problem or you have a computer problem or who do you talk to when – You need your shoes fixed or your purse restitched, or who do you talk to when you want to, and then fill in the blank. And the person you talk to, if you have a friend who does that, you're going to go to them. If you don't have a friend who does that, you may actually go to your friends and say, hey, do you know anyone who can help me buy or sell a house or could help me get a mortgage or fill in the blank, right? And if your friends know somebody, they're going to recommend you. Now, if you don't have a direct friend and you don't have a friend who has a friend, then what do you do? You go to your friend, Google, and you say, mm-hmm. do you have somebody who could help me with this? Who can I talk to about so-and-so? And then Google is going to recommend to you who they think is someone who's trustworthy, and then you got to get, get to know them. And so the thought leader is that recognized expert who you want to turn to to solve your problem, whatever that problem might be.
0: That is so easily understood. And there isn't anybody that's listening that doesn't say, Siri, (laughs) you know, what was the score in last night's game to Siri? How do I get to such and such? We are all looking for assistance from somebody that, like you said, is a recognized expert regardless of what that question might be. So when we think about that, and I, and I really, I really like the way you drew the, the picture in my mind of a recognized expert from our parents moving forward, what do you think it takes to be a thought leader? What, what, does, it, what does it require?
1: I'm thinking. All right. I'm listening. Because require requires an interesting word, so I'm just trying to think about what that word means. I, hmm. I, I, I'm I, I don't want, so I'm not going to answer the word on require because I I don't think all right. I don't think that I don't think there is a requirement to be a thought leader. I, I don't like it's possible. Well, let me let me let me step back. If you have a problem where for instance, you break a bone and you go to a doctor, there is a requirement that that doctor has gone through medical school that has the proper degrees and is licensed to practice. Okay, so there there's a requirement. <laughs> okay. So yeah. there are cases where, where the expert, where you're a thought leader, like, for instance, if you've got a cold or, or if you've had a cough for a year and it doesn't go away, and you, what do you want to do? You want to go to your thought leader. You want to go to a doctor... Whether it's yours or somebody your doctor recommends, it says, "Hey, what can I do? Can you solve? Can you both identify my problem and then figure out how to solve it?" In the medical profession and professions which are regulated, there's there's a quote-unquote requirement, but there is a dearth of of areas that people can be in that there isn't really a requirement. So, a life coach, or a support coach, a business coach, a marketing coach, a sales coach, or or people could help you with marketing or LinkedIn marketing or Facebook marketing, or, and I could fill in the blank of, of all these of wealth of people. There are, There isn't really a requirement per se. So that's why I didn't like the word requirement. I'm I, sorry. Sure. But what I will that's say, okay. what does it actually take? Okay. And what does it right. take? Well, it, it takes the fact, so for instance, you have a show, you're doing mm-hmm. one of the things to make yourself an expert and that show, because of your intro and because you're a guest, that show to your audience, one of the things, what are they taking away? They're taking mm-hmm. away that you are a fan of telling stories, right? So that's a good thing. So what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. And so what, what happens for many people is, is because they now have the ability to share the written word, you know, so they could write, they could do blog posts on their own sites or they could go to medium or they could go to a ton of other locations and start publishing their own content. Or they could create their own uh, verbal show like this blog talk radio has a ton of people who do this sort of thing, or they can create Mm -hmm. a video show. Right. There's lots of those Mm -hmm. things as well. So, Part, partly if what does it take to be a recognized expert in your space is to have a vehicle that people recognize. So, one, if you have a show and you're creating thought leadership, you're creating content that people are paying attention to. It could be for those people who have a much smaller community or even a large community, you could use a single platform like a Facebook or LinkedIn. And if you're communicating on a regular basis – those people who see you can be following you. To me, one of the most important things to me, one of the most quintessential things that somebody could, could do is is be the author of a book. Because since the Bible, since the Gutenberg press, we've looked at books as this unequivocal source of knowledge of wisdom of here's, here's the wisdom generated through the ages. Now, with the democratization of book publishing, anyone who wants to can put their thoughts into a Word document, go over to CrateSpace, Amazon's product, and publish their, their stuff out there and have a book. That said, the author of a book is still recognized or perceived as an expert at what they do. So what I would say, to, to answer your question of requirement, probably the first thing somebody needs to do if you want to be a recognized expert in your space Define your space, right? Step one, define your space. And the point is as narrow of a definition as you can make as possible, right? Because if, if you're defining your space as somebody who could solve world hunger, you know, like most beauty contests ask, you know, what do you want to do in life I want to serve world hunger? That's a really broad, <laughs> mar- like, it's hard to believe I'm... that, right? So, so the more narrow... That you could find your space the better because if you now know if you can when you when somebody says who's your client who do you work with and what problem do you solve then if you could be very specific about that then it's a lot easier for you to market to that it's a lot easier for you to create videos and to create uh, written articles and to create a book that helps address the problem you solve for your prospect. And mm-hmm. so that's what we do. Just as an, as an aside for AHA, that is I will say, I, I coined a term uh, CPOP, customer point of pain. So I'll often say, so whether or not I ask you about your CPOP or I ask you, I'll say, if you're writing a book, uh, the, the question we often ask, and this is question, we have a four-question document if you're writing a book with us, right? Question one is, who is your reader and what are their expectations from reading your book? And by the way, we only do nonfiction, and, and all of our books are helpful at creating experts, recognized experts in their space. At the end of the day, when I say who's your reader and what are their expectations, what I'm really saying is what's your CPOP? Okay. So what's to, really to re- fascinating – the- uh, I'm sorry. i, I, I was just going to do one last clear- thing if you don't mind.
0: Oh, no, no. Go right ahead. Sure.
1: Oh, that's right. So, so I'll get to the close, the crescendo. I'll get to the point where you can say, aha. OK, because um, that's really that's what I'm all about is getting to that aha moment. So if you write a book and the title of your book is your CPOP. Now, what happens is if somebody sees your book because they see it online or you physically hand them a copy of your book and on the title of the book represents the problem they're having that your book talks about you being the expert at helping solve. All of a sudden, you are the recognized expert because you have a book that has the title of the CPOP that you're solving. Make sense?
0: Wow. It does. And so just to, just to read, because I'm taking notes. I hope I can read my handwriting when I'm all through here. So CPOP is the customer point of pain, correct? Did I get yes. that right? That's what CPOP stands yes, for? Yes, Okay. Okay. And I like the fact that we've talked about Thought expert or recognized expert, a thought leader or recognized expert is, is interchangeable as well. Um, when you um, you you've given me a lot of really in, for, in, for interesting information, and I know one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and I think you might have identified three. You might have identified some of this already. Uh, when I wanted to know about what your um, three immediate steps are that people can take to start to become that recognized leader and is number one, define your space.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. So it, 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 once again, if you don't know who, you don't know who, um, uh, if you don't know who you're serving, it's kind of hard to be very focused on how you're going to deliver them content. Right? right. And then you could change, you can substitute two and three anytime, but, but probably the best thing for two, if you know who you're serving the best thing for two is to figure out where do they play, right? Mm -hmm. So if all the prospects you can go after are all on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or some other named site that nobody knows about today, but that's where all your prospects are, you you need to Mm -hmm. know that. You need to know where, Mm -hmm. you know, where do you want to play? And once you now know who you're serving and where they play, Then, number three, is on a fairly periodic basis, don't do what most people do. Don't just go out there and say, hey, by the way, I know you guys are here, and I know you have this problem, and you guys got to know that I could solve that problem. That's not what you do. So Mm -hmm. what you have to do is on a consistent basis, um, talk to the audience right? Mm -hmm. Just communicate with helpful pieces of information. And here's the interesting part for number three. It doesn't have to be yours. As a matter of fact, it shouldn't have to be original content you create. It could be that you're just sharing good, compelling information that you read elsewhere that you find that you think this audience would find interesting and you share it. You could add your two cents to it. So that's called curation. You could share good, compelling content and add your two cents on it. So you could curate content for your audience and doesn't mean, so that means you don't have to originate all the content. And so those are the three steps. What are you solving? Where do they play? And then on a continual basis share compelling content that they would find interesting. You
0: know, I'm, I'm relating, um, because we're both in this internet world, you and I, and, um, I am on LinkedIn as you are, I'm, in, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook with my personal page, with my business page, I'm on Twitter with both, I do all of that. I write a blog, I have a website, I do all of that. And one of the things that I enjoy every day doing, when you mentioned it doesn't have to be original content, is I post every morning, somewhere between 8 and 9 o'clock, what I call the word today is. And, Mitchell, today was word number 600, and I'm going to tell you, because, of course, I keep a spreadsheet. Don't we all keep spreadsheets? Today was number uh-huh. 600, and uh, I don't know, it's, it's not loading up, because, of course, I'm trying to do 12 things at once. But what I've done is I have, I've come up with that word myself. I, I, nobody has provided me with that word. But through Google, I have taken those words, and I have not used my original content. I have seen what other people that have written that word in some quotable text, and I have posted that every day. Today was number 693, all right? 693 days I have done a word of the day. And I, I can be in the market I can be on Facebook and someone will say to me gosh I really look forward to your word of the day. I look forward to what it is you're doing. And like you like you mentioned at the top of the hour that sort of gives me an understanding that somebody is liking what I'm doing and isn't isn't that great because obviously those are things that we that we'd like to have. But I I thought that was that was very interesting what you said regarding that. I if I keep um, doing anecdotal stuff here. I'll never get through what it is I want you to talk about and you are my guest. So Oh um, no no but have... doing
1: great. Oh well
0: so thank the word, so you thank four you,
1: but... hours ago you posted the word today yes. is stand. Together Banded. we stand you. Know, I did. We fall. So the right. only thing I, if you if you don't mind a suggestion I, I don't loved the fact that you said this is word of the day six ninety three. I yeah. I would encourage you so so because if I ran across this randomly, right, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, oh, well, that's interesting, right, and I'll keep going on. If I ran across this and it said, hey, today's word is today word of the day is stand. This is our 693rd word of the day. Click um, right. here to see all all previous words of the day. And then it brings people wow. to not just a spreadsheet, but maybe it's a public spreadsheet, or maybe it's your web page, or you know, just something else. Where so because then Thank what you. happens is I'm like I like the word stand, but what other words do you, does does Marsha find interesting, right? And well, you know, and it, it, yes, right. Okay. Well,
0: you know, what's what's so interesting about the word today specifically and how that was unique, is that that. Okay was nothing quoted. That was just me speaking about events. That, so that was absolutely out of the ordinary for me because I, when I initially started doing this, my first word was yes. I was, I was writing about my thoughts about the word. When I moved over to using these words by quoting anybody from... You know, um, Gandhi to Mother Teresa to unknown to whomever, um, Buddha I, of, of Confucius, Albert Einstein. I have now I'm I am becoming so well aware of people Jim Rohn, Paul clio people that I really didn't even know before necessarily that I would have associated with words now have become very much a part of me and it's it's really a way of just sort of inspiring me each morning. And also bringing some sense of inspiration to those that read it. But your suggestion, as a as a as a thought leader and a recognized expert, if I'm going to be doing this every day, your suggestion is wow, 693 words. Well, yeah, you know, I so maybe I need to be marketing this in a way that doesn't just, you know, I I need to think about that. And I appreciate your your suggestion. I I, I really do like that. Oh. And speaking speaking oh, of help, I think let's just lead into that question
1: because I know that oh, you no, have but, but, an acronym. Before we before what? we head help before we head to help yes, I, yeah. I what I what I want to say would be see sometimes people will use the word marketing and they it, it, and they think of that as a bad four letter word. And what mm-hmm. I would say a different way to think about it is to be the recognized expert, you have to you have to let people find you or get to know you about in certain ways, right? So I, I like the title of your show, and obviously it's changed over time. But it wasn't enough for me to, to, to recommend you. But mm-hmm. if you had a list of words, and you're, you're getting close now to 1,000, of words you like every day. And not only do you have a paragraph on the word, by the way, what I might recommend is once a week, you also maybe do a a video, you know, just hold up your camera, do a Facebook Live, and say here's my word of the day, you know. Oh, great idea. It's just ways that people could see you, right? And I could recommend, so I can't recommend because because it doesn't quite stand out, the born barn and talk. I mean, if somebody says to me, what radio shows do you like? I'm, I'm asking the person who books me to, to mark down which shows I like so somebody can, can go back. I can, mm-hmm. however, when I run into people who love words. We have a guy by the name mm-hmm. of George Gopin, who's a professor emeritus of rhetoric from Duke University. George loves words. So he'd be a person I'd want to have you guys connect with, because so when you run into somebody who loves words, if I actually Mm -hmm. knew I could send people to a list of your favorite words, or you got to check out this woman. She's got a blog talk radio show and she's now working on her 750th word of the day. Check it out. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, I can put my, that's like the aha guy. It's something I can put my arms around.
0: That's, that's really powerful. And and I can, I had considered that and um, you've motivated me now is, I uh, listen I have 57 57 pages of word documents of word of the day. I've saved every single document. Every single word of the wow. day I've saved it. I know them all. Not only do cuz because I sort of sit on the neurotic side so not only do I have a word document that's 57 pages long, but I have another folder with the image that I have pulled from Google for those 700 700- um plus days as well so i know at any given time what image did i use when i talked about this this word because i'm a toastmaster so words really matter to me in a variety of ways and i think words are are critical and and probably never so as as important as they are today and i think it's very generous of you to refocusing this show back around this wagon back to me and I, I'm 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 honestly very grateful. I, I feel like you're interviewing me more than I'm interviewing you at this point. And I really want to have that conversation with you because one of the things that um that you that I've learned about you on your website and it's quite an extensive website and just so that people know, Mitchell Levy is spelled M I T C H E L L Levy is L E V Y Um, You're very easy to find on the Internet, and people can easily find you and and, and see what what you've accomplished. It's it's pretty impressive. I want to spend a few more minutes talking about being a thought leader and how you help people because then I really want to talk about what it means to be an author and how many of us are walking around with a book in our head. I know I am, and I'm really curious to talk about that as well. So would you – would you say what can you tell me what what your acronym HELP stands for? Can we talk just a little bit about that?
1: <laughs> can you tell him and I'm an acronym guy, so via vulnerability, Yo, like integrity, that. authenticity. Help is healthy following, exceptional activity or exceptional work. L is for thought leadership and P is for platform. Hmm. So H on on healthy following is y- y- you, w- you need to play. Remember I said, it, it, you want to play at the place that your, your potential prospects are going to hang out. So right. whatever that is, you want to do it in such a way where you also encourage people to uh, join you. Right. So you, you want to mm-hmm. increase your following. So you want to do the types of things that are providing value and get word of mouth marketing and other potential marketing. So people can, can grow. So it's, you need to have a healthy following. Now, healthy following is, once again, if you don't want to be a Cardassian, you don't have to have the type of following they have. You have to have mm-hmm. the type of healthy following for whatever audience you want to serve, right? So that's mm-hmm. relative. Uh, e, it's kind of exceptional product, exceptional feedback, exceptional service. It's basically you got to do what you do well with integrity, with, inf- with authenticity, be able to deliver the type of value that people come back and, and want to talk about you because they got blown away, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the world we live in today is, is, is we, are, we are all analyzed by Yelp scores and reviews. When was the last time you went to a city and stayed at a hotel that you didn't look at the reviews before you stayed there? Right? Of course. We, we care about that, right? Um. Mm-hmm. L is the thought leadership. I, I had to make. I, had to, I couldn't put the T in there because A-T-T-P didn't mean anything. So, um, so <laughs> thought leadership, right? And it's really about like this. This is a show of thought leadership. You're sharing content. You're sharing information. The word of the day is thought leadership, right? So, mm-hmm. it's what thought leadership can you put out there on a continuous basis, and then P for platform. It's kind of what is your platform. So if you want to show and you run it off of Facebook, well, you're using the Facebook platform, but it's your brand. In this case, you're using blog, talk, radio, and your website. What is the platform that you're continually using to help get your brand out? And so help mm-hmm. is essentially the types of things that that you should be thinking about yourself if you want to be that recognized expert in your space. Is what are you doing on a daily basis, daily, month weekly, monthly basis to increase your following, to provide good, valuable service, to actually get your thoughts and other people's thoughts in the marketplace? And what plat- platform or platforms are you using to spread your word? And that's, that's what help means.
0: And, you know, it's interesting that you, that you say that because not only am I heard on Blog Talk, which is my platform for producing the show, but I do my shows are podcasts. So for people with iPhones, they can just type in, go to the podcast icon on their phone, it's already embedded, and type in Born to Talk radio show, subscribe, I'm there. Android people do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They go to Google Play, I'm there. Stitcher, I'm there. Tune in, I'm there. So I'm out there. But when you talked about liking acronyms, for I was a stay-at-home mom. I didn't I didn't go into this world of broadcasting because I had a plan to do this. I was a stay-at-home mom, and then when the kids were off to college, I went and worked at my local YMCA. I had a lot of experience working with volunteers because I was a volunteer. And then I became the membership director, and I worked with other people that volunteered and staff. And one of my favorite acronyms working for the Y was the three P's, like P.A.W., Purpose. Process, payoff. I've never forgotten that because I think it's very instrumental in, in how we do work. What's the, what's, what is your purpose? What's the process for doing your purpose? And what is that payoff? The payoff doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. It could just be a great feeling of satisfaction. But if you don't even know what your purpose is, then you can't even set up the process. So, I, I, I like that one as well. And I thought I would share that with, with my listeners because that's one of my, my all time favorites. When it mm. comes to writing a book, okay. So, there are a lot of people that are listening right now that are thinking, gosh, I've always wanted to write a book about my family. Or, I've always wanted to write a book about my travels because I've been all over the world. Um, I believe my, I already know the title of my book. I haven't written it, but I, I, I do know the title of it, which is What's Your Story? Um, because I believe that that is indeed what we all share in common. I don't care where you live. I don't care what your means are. I don't care what, your, what, what you've done in your life necessarily, academically or whatever. What I really care about is who are you and what's important to you and what are your passions. And what is your story? And that, Mitchell, is what motivates me to do this. I've been I've been doing hosting this type of show, my Born to Talk show. It will be four years in April. Every single week, I do this. And while I started in the studio where I was a visual person on LA Talk Live, um, I've been a podcaster since um, March the fourth of this year, which has allowed me to talk to people. That like yourself that live in Northern California and can't meet me in my studio or somebody that's living in another part of the country because people do have stories, and everyone doesn't want to share them. That's like everyone doesn't necessarily want to be a recognized expert. Certainly that's not the case for everyone. But for those of us that want to be out there um, publicly and not privately, these are great ways to do it. And maybe a book, I think one of the things I wrote down in my notes when, I, when you were speaking earlier was, number one, you need to create content, and number two, you need to write a book. Think about writing a book. What was, what was the first book that you wrote? Do you remember what it was?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was uh, <laughs> back in the 80s, late 80s, and I was thinking about whether or not we would buy a house or not. And I don't like it when people, everyone in the world, you know, my parents, the real estate people, the bankers, everyone in the world says, this is a great investment. you got to buy a house. And when everyone says jump, I'm the guy who says, really, why? Does it make sense for me not to? So I actually uh, spent the time, I put a spreadsheet together, and I did a rent versus buy analysis. And Mm -hmm. I – put in so much work into that effort that I decided to write a book. So my first book was called Home Ownership, the American Best. We were, it was in, uh, and, and I was working for another company at the time. So I was working for on microsystems. So basically I had a financial sponsor for my book because they basically, I had a salary and they paid all my bills, food and shelter were taken care of. So I didn't have to worry about the book making money. And I spent a lot of time and did lots of marketing and it, got written up by the number one real estate syndicated real estate columnist in the country. And the good news, which I didn't realize was good news, is he hated it. And, <laughs> and I had seven seconds of being really unhappy until I realized that all, all news is good news. And so many people don't like that columnist that as many people who would take his advice, many of them would get the book just because he trashed it. And so it was, it was a fun experience. So it was called Home Ownership, the American Myth. It came along with a spreadsheet to help people do their own, uh, their own analysis. And, and, and that's what got me thinking. I'm now at 61 books that I've written. We've published over 800. And I, I wow. love I, – obviously, I love books. And, but, but now let me, let me actually identify my audience. My audience Please. for the people I work with are people who are doing nonfiction books, and are using their books to drive more business. So if you have a fiction book or a travel book or anything else and you, please don't listen to what I'm going to say going forward because I, I'm, I, I may offend you and I don't want to offend those people because everyone has something inside them. For me, mm-hmm. the book is the quintessential tool that helps you be seen as an expert. And to, to me as well, if you're in business, let's say you're an accountant If you're an accountant, what are you doing? Well, you're serving your customer. That's one thing you have to do. You're trying to find new clients because everyone needs to try to find new clients. And you're trying to build product for tomorrow. Well, one of the ways you could find clients is to go out and you go on LinkedIn, you do social media, you do speaking, you you get friends of friends. And the problem is, or the benefit is, if you had a book, that help people recognize that you're really good at what you do, that's going to help you. That will help you when you actually touch somebody who could use your service. It's one more thing that helps uh, move the counter forward that in terms of people wanting to deal with you. The problem is most people or a lot of people actually want to spend the time writing their book. And what I'll have to say, if you're in business today, you really shouldn't be spending – the number one thing you have to do if you're in business today – is you need to be finding your next set of clients. You basically, you have to be managing, finding clients, satisfying clients, and building product for tomorrow. And so writing a book, unless your business is writing, is not on that list. So mm-hmm. that's where we come in, right? So what we do is I'll do uh, – so it's, right now it's only me doing the two-hour interview up front. I will do a two-hour interview with a subject matter expert with a recognized expert or somebody who wants to be a recognized expert, and I'll pull the genius from their head. And then I'll pair you with a graduate from the AHA, that writing school, and then we will write the book in a way that it's just very easy to share on social media. So our books are comprised. They have 140-bite-sized quotes. All, All those are easily shareable as posts on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+. We also include seven blog posts. So we create a book that is not just easy to share on social media, but it's also easy to consume if somebody gets your book. The truth hmm. is at the end of the day, people don't have a lot of time for as sad as this is, people don't have as much time to read as they used to do. So if you have a book and it's an Amazon best-selling book, that's another service we provide for our authors, it's an Amazon best-selling book and it solves the CPOP, the customer point of pain. If somebody picks up your book and they spend two or three minutes reading it, just two or three minutes, they're going to get two or three or four or five aha moments because our books are comprised of 140 aha moments. So if they read a couple of them and they resonate with those, that's all they need for your prospect to go, let's talk further. So when I talk about a book, I'm talking about an asset. Thank you, by the way. I'm talking about an asset that's a physical form. So either a hardcover, we do hardcover, paperback, PDF, Kindle. We also have this platform called Aha That. It's also where, however else you represent yourself. So if you want to do videos and include them in the book, or if you're doing blog posts and you want to include a link to those in your books, you should, right? Because it's, hmm. people will see you in different ways, right? Some people are auditory, some people are visual, some people are kinesthetic. But the people are kinesthetic, either your words are going to be super powerful, but they may not ever see them or, or, or hear them. But if you come up with a video that embarks that kinesthetic feeling, they're going to feel them, right? So you've got to talk to people in different ways. And so a book is just one manifestation of your thoughts. And what we do essentially, what I do is help you press the easy button, so typically our wow. process is two to three months from the time we start to the time you have your book in hand it's an amazon we do an amazon best selling campaign, and you're going to spend about ten hours so if if you could do I have enough time to to back oh, up please and pay in? I'm just
0: enthralled oh no you've got we've got we've got ten more minutes at least go right ahead i'm I'm taking notes go right ahead
1: all right so So for a book, once again, if you're in business today, think about anyone who's in business today, and think about the last time you talked to a prospect and they said, really? Like they didn't really think you could solve your issue, or they didn't come to you because they weren't sure you were the right person. And imagine if you handed them, wait, I'm going to give you a kinesthetic feel, I'm going to knock, that's me knocking on one of our books, okay? Doesn't that feel like Mm -hmm. it's got lots of content in it? So yes. you give them a book, and it has the pain point you solve for them. All of a sudden, they've gotten over the hurdle, right? And the thing is, if you're going to write a book today, I like, personally, I like books which are about 120 pages. They're bigger than a flyer, but they're, they don't look too big. They look, they look consumable. And then when you open up one of our books, it has one or two aha messages per page, seven blog posts, so they're broken into seven sections. And typically, if you're going to sit down and write a 120-page book, now, we've, we've published over 800 books. So what I could say with absolute certainty, if you're going to write a 120-page book and you write it yourself, it's going to take you about 120 hours. It's about an hour a page. And then when you get that far, you're going to say to yourself, oh, man, the world's so easy. The book publishing has been democratized. Let me publish it myself. But I'll tell you, by the time you're done, we will have saved you, if you went with us, 200 hours. You know, cover design, copy edit, content layout, content edit, distribution, not just in Amazon, but in 80-plus locations. So we'll save you 200 hours. So if you add those two together, 120 hours of writing, 200 hours of publishing, that's 320 hours. Now, if you work with us, and we charge for what we do, but if you work for us, of course. We're going to Mm -hmm. take somewhere between five to ten hours. Let's say ten, just to you know, the two-hour interview plus three to three to eight hours review time. So now that's three hundred twenty hours versus ten. So if you spent three hundred ten hours, let's say one quarter from now, you spent three hundred ten hours. That's because I found you three hundred ten hours marketing yourself as an Amazon best-selling author, and you can't make significantly more than you pay us then I might say you're in the wrong business Mm -hmm. because you're not really marketing your book for book sale. You've created a book because you want to sell products or you want to sell services, right? That's what the book for the book is the thing that helps you become the recognized expert. So you move them down the funnel, you move them down the path so you could sell them what you're doing to really get monetized. That really brings money in the door.
0: Hmm. That's that's really that's uh, that's really fascinating what what you're doing and um, would you recommend you know when you talk I'm I got I'm going back to your acronym of the um, the pop because I guess if you're going to write that kind of a book then you have to already then establish that there's some pain point right. You're solving a problem that somebody's having. Am I, yes. Is that correct? Okay. Yes. That 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 that's that's very that's important for people to remember, and it sounds like after you do this two-hour interview, um, and and I'm assuming that this is probably all an, an, a recorded interview so that you can get those words back. I mean, you should see my you should see my paper with all these notes all over them. Um. You know, I I think it's quite fascinating, and it sounds like you've made this, with experience, obviously, over 800 books, um, you've got a system in place where if somebody has a message to get out that's solving a point of pain and um, going to you and having this interview and then spending the next, um, you know, 120 hours writing seven sections, you've got a book. Um, and then so I, I'm sure I that there's editing that and there's...
1: Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we do all that. Marsha, the thing that's fascinating would be I always thought the easy button that I was helping my authors, so between 2005 and 2017, I thought the easy button was helping the authors write their books faster. In 2018, what I realized my, the easy button is, is let us do it for you. Wow. Right? So your total time spent is five to 10 hours. My team spends all the time writing, right? Not you. And so what you're doing is you're spending the time. If you're in business, you're spending the time. You have free time. that I, you know, Everyone's looking for more time in the day. I'm buying mm-hmm. you 310 hours or you're buying yourself 310 hours that you would have spent otherwise for an asset called a book, and now you're marketing yourself as a Amazon best-selling author, in most cases, we we, we say this in our, you know, we we have a, if the author does no work, we have a 80% chance of creating Amazon best-selling author status. So if the author gets actively involved, then we get like a 95 to 97% chance. So there's there's a really good chance of being an Amazon best-selling author. And what's interesting is, if instead of spending the time writing and publishing your book, you spent the time marketing yourself, which if you're in business, if, if it's not clear to you from this conversation or from anything you do in life, your job as a business person is to sell yourself and to market yourself. And anyone right. who thinks otherwise, in the old days, with we didn't necessarily need to do that, but you now have competitors from around the world, so that's your job: sell and market. And so. Having right. A tool called a book is going to help you. That's what we do. We, we help press the easy button by essentially taking your thoughts and crafting them into a book that makes it easy for you and, more importantly, for your prospects to consume.
0: But, you know, I'm thinking about over these last, you know, nearly four years worth of um, broadcasting, how many people I've had that have been authors that have been self-published authors. And I wonder how much easier it would have been for them to have been in touch with you before they wrote you know, their, their book. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at one that's right in front of me, and you said the average book is 120 pages. This book is um, 99 pages. No, it's 102 pages. And it's a workbook for um, athletes, written by an athlete oh, nice. and helping athletes nice. and their parents get themselves through high school and into college by, by doing some of the things necessary to be successful while you're an athlete and when you're out of college and you're no longer an athlete and now what do you do with your life? Um, that it's, It was it's a very interesting um, workbook. I don't know how I would apply something like that to what I would do um, because I I'm I'm really I, I you know if what's your story isn't really a product so I'm I don't know how I would maybe fit into that that mold and what it is that you offer what would you say to that
1: That's a great question and thank you for posing it So w- it would only make sense if you there was something you were doing that you wanted to monetize in a certain way, right? So mm-hmm. I have to tell you, many companies, many individuals have good stories to tell, but they haven't figured out how to say it, right? So uh, your monetization strategy could be, and I'll I'll rattle off a bunch of things, could be as a coach, helping pe- people mm-hmm. figure out what they how to tell their story. Now, if you add the word life coach, sometimes the story people want to tell is not the story that's going to be most beneficial for them, right? So that's where you Mm -hmm. you have to unravel some of the life complexities to get them to the stage where they're producing a story that is relevant. And what's the best way to say it? If you could say a story that those people who, 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 those people who are your prospects have the same pain point, but you can mm-hmm. talk about the pain point you went through. That's a great way to get people to, to, to basically fall in love with you, to, to like you, because you went through this yourself. So if you've solved it, you could help pe- other people solve it. So coach, you life just, coach, are both ways to do it. You just, uh, marketing. You just gave oh, me, I'm yep,
0: I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you just gave me what just flashed in my mind. I I was a guest oh, on beautiful. somebody's show, and the topic was, how did you go from being a widow, un- um, an instant widow, an unexpected passing, to a talk show host? What did you do? What, w- what advice would you give to others that would find themselves in that same situation? I hadn't really thought about that, but that, maybe that's my book. I don't know. Um, so, that's, well, that's an, so
1: that's another one. It could be with, here's a caveat. It's, it would, to me, see, here's one of those things I would say to my son who's now 20. And what I'd say to him often is, Duncan, just because you can doesn't mean you should.
0: So mm-hmm. could you
1: write a book on grief? Yeah, of course you could. Right? Because here you are. You're a living testament of somebody who's, who's gone through that. The question becomes, if you think about the fact that the book is the tool that opens up the door for you to do something else, if that something else is a grief coach, grief counselor, grief consultant, grief trainer, whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. need to ask yourself, is that who you want to be? Do you want to make money helping other people get over their grief? And there's many different ways to do that. But that's the first question. Is is that what you want
0: to do? Yeah, and and probably the answer is no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so that's where that's, so that's, that's where, really, that's that's where that life
1: coach thing. Okay. Sure. Well, because that, 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 that's where that life coach thing comes in, right? Because mm-hmm. yes, you have expertise because you have unfortunately been a uh, you've gone through it, you've lived it, you right. know it, you've overcome it. Well, nobody ever right. overcomes it, but you, no, you've but, been but successful I'm... at getting to a stage where you're living life now for today. Right. And so, so Marsha, what you have to ask yourself is what do you want – let's say you had 10 customers in a room that were all getting a service from you, and they were paying you something to, to deliver that service. What you have to think about is what would that service be that I'd have fun doing? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, and you don't have but, to answer this now, so this is a this no, is I know, you thing to that's, think about.
0: Right. And I think what you made really clear is that that's what that two-hour interview was all about. That is that discovery mode where you are really learning about that and determining, you know, if you are indeed a book waiting to happen based on your expertise
1: oh, and your and your well, group. Well, what I'd like to say is before you get to that two-hour interview, we know what your CPOP is, because right. I I it. If, if we're in the interview and we're figuring out that, that this is not what you want to do in life, we're at the wrong – you've gone too far. <laughs> we shouldn't be there.
0: I, that makes sense. Um, yes. That, that, make, that makes total sense, what you've just said. And you know what's so interesting about this conversation is that I'm, I'm looking at the clock, and I could see where you and I could go on for another 30 minutes or so, because I do have a <laughs> process in producing this show. And you said to me, Marsha, let's just let it ride. Let's just, let's just talk. And while I have these notes in front of me, in reality, what you said as that expert was, we really didn't need, I mean, sure. Your notes are important. We, I know, I don't want to you know, be talking about the squirrels in my backyard. That's true. But I think that what's really valuable Is this this what felt like a very even exchange in conversation, Mitchell? Typically, when I do my shows, I like to give my guests the 60%, 65%, 70% of the show so that they can really express who they are. But I want to tell you that I'm grateful, frankly, that you've allowed me into your world by discussing this with me in a way that's allowed me to express some of my thoughts um, on your subject. And that's very, that's, that's very rewarding um, as somebody that podcasts and doesn't always have that opportunity because I think that's, that's just terrific. And I think that, you know, I could really see where, you know, six months from now you and I would do this again and, and see where we are, all that later because I think you've given me some wonderful personal tools to work with. But in effort to, you know, be respectful of your time, um, I, I want to really just thank you so much. And I want to really recommend that our listeners that have garnered something from our conversation, that they do visit your website, that you are easy to find, and that that perhaps they will be contacting you because you have been able to express the fact that you truly are a recognized, taking a lot of notes away from from our time together, Mitchell, and I
1: I just, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Oh, absolutely, my pleasure. And let me just say, for those that are interested, feel free to go to aha.that, A-H-A-T-H-A-T.com. And, uh, or ahabat.com slash author, which is our writing process and how you can get us interested. And certainly feel free to Google my name, Mitchell Levy, and connect to me on a social media platform that you want to interact on. And I'm happy to, to get back to you there.
0: And that's marvelous. And in my um, follow up blog that will have the link to this show for those people that didn't listen live, I will be certain, I will make certain that I have all of those links available on my website so that people if they weren't able to write that down quickly can go back and and find those links on my on my website and um you know i'd like to draw people over to my born to talk radio com website and my podcast and you've given me a lot of thoughts about um just my word of the day which is really fascinating so Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you so very much for, for spending this time with me um, in Northern California, me in Southern California, in what we would agree is a beautiful state to live in. And I just want to thank you once again for, for being my guest today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for letting me play and, and, and truly be me and bring out you. <laughs> Not everyone thank wants you. to do that, so thank you. You're
0: welcome. My pleasure. Okay, everybody, I'm going to say goodbye for now and here's the funny thing so mitchell levy is my was my guest today um next week my guest is paul mitchell and so mitchell here mitchell there so um paul will be my guest next week and we will be talking about his life story and so until next time everyone have a wonderful week and i'll look forward to seeing you and hearing from you next week until then bye for now